everybody, and welcome to No Highway Option. It is a cinema podcast where we answer the one question that applies to every film ever made. Is it better or worse than Vin Diesel's 2005 seminal masterpiece, The Pacifier? My name is Connor, and my favorite Robin Williams voice from this film is that weird green Tweety Bird knockoff that he does in the very beginning. I knew you were going to have so many knockoff fucking Looney Tunes notes. We'll, we'll get to that, but there's a reason why it's especially weird. Wait, should I introduce myself? Uh, uh, well, does Luke want to go? Yeah, yeah. Does the uh, other I, host want to uh, participate in his own show? I suppose I could. Uh, I'm, the other, I'm your other host, Luke. You can just call me a hot dog for this episode. <laughs> oh, that was what I was going to do. Oh, that's good. Damn it. <laughs> and uh, we have a special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name's Amber, and uh, Luke stole mine. Um, but I like his Barbara Streisand impression. That was pretty good. It was a pretty good one. I can't and do it, but... <laughs> In case you couldn't tell from those intros, today we talk about the 1993 comedy Mrs. Doubtfire, starring Robin Williams and Sally Field and Pierce Brosnan and Little Mara Wilson. 1993? I didn't even know it was that old. Yep. Wow. Yeah, the same year that our last episode's movie came out. And the same year I was born. Wow, you're so old. (laughs) So special. And old. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> do either of you have a history with this movie at all or um i mean more than a fair amount of other movies we've seen i i'm not gonna say that i've only seen this once and i've seen this a whole bunch of times i hadn't seen this in a couple of years but yeah like as far as history i know it i'm friends mm-hmm. with it you're friends with it i i've seen it a couple times it's honestly what i've um hoped and dreamed i could be as a babysitter and as a nanny, um, I've definitely gotten, a, I work with kids a lot, and I definitely um, have tried to imitate Euphagina. Hold on one second. I wrote down her name. Is it Euphagina? Yeah, Euphagina. I thought it was Euphagina. I wrote hmm. it down. Euphagina Doubtfire. Oh, wow. Yeah. I um, didn't see this until I was older. I remember as a kid, like, it was on TV, and my parents were like, oh, it's Robin Williams, and, like, it's funny but it was the end of it. So I was just like, this is kind of traumatizing. What's happening to his face? Like, I have no explanation for this. I'm confused. Yeah, like when his face gets run over by the truck, I always, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, when I saw the face fall out of the window, I remember my reaction every time because I just go, oh, fuck. And then I see the, <laughs> the truck and I was like, that's it. And I forget he gets another face, but my brain goes, how is he going to where does the other face come from? I would love to it see looks- the rest of the movie where he just is trying to explain the tire marks on his face and it's like, I got a tattoo the other night. Yeah. Perfect. It right. looked, the first face all the way off, it looked a lot like that cloud in the mummy. Yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the, the big, A little like, bit. The big scary cloud. Yeah, you know, like your grandmother's face. Yeah, my grandmother's mm-hmm. face, I would describe as a big scary <laughs> big cloud. Big scary zombie cloud. As Egyptian curse cloud of sand. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's what I'm going to write in her obituary. My grandma's <laughs> not going to die anytime soon. I love you, Nana. You're not dying. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm thinking ahead. 
<laughs> All right. Do we want to go through the beat by beat analysis on that note? All right, let's yeah, it of my Nana's death. Let's continue. <laughs> First off, it's just weird to have a 20th Century Fox logo without the music, like the right, the drums and everything. Mm-hmm. And again, because I watched this at like 7 a.m., still waking up, I was like, something's <laughs> wrong. So the comments are going to be extra snarky. <laughs> And we open with the, again, the green knockoff Tweety Bird, uh, Robin Williams voicing both the bird and the cat. It's just strange because you can tell that that's directed by a prolific Looney Tunes director. That's a Chuck Jones cartoon. But it's not the Looney Tunes because it's not Warner Brothers, but it just, it feels like it is. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's interesting just like, unlike a cool note to see robin williams work within a movie Mm because i'm like that's literally what he does so i I, that was kind of cool to me it was nostalgic and i was like you go robin to see him doing voice acting one year after his huge voice acting movie yeah yeah that's pretty i there were a lot of points in this movie where i I was thinking like i would like to see all of the footage that's got Mm -hmm. oh yeah i want to see every like this the 24 hour cut of this movie (laughs) playing in the background i would watch all of it (laughs) Uh, the bird's name is Pudgy the Parrot, which is a fun name. That makes uh, sense. They're doing the cartoon, and in it, the cat tries to make Pudgy smoke a cigarette, but Robin <laughs> Williams morally objects to it, so he starts improving, which, like, you don't do in voiceover. No, no. Especially if the thing's no, already no. animated. That's That's bad. Come on, Robin. Uh, uh, so he quits and he goes home to his three kids, um, Chris, Lydia, and Natalie. Matilda. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> Natalie is baby Mara Wilson. I just heard Matilda every time they said Natalie. Yeah. Said, no, Matilda. I can't yeah. believe we found her parents. <laughs> Matilda's part of it. Part of my brain goes to Thomas and the Magic Railroad, but that's because that was formative for me. I'm gonna have to check that out eventually. Keep bringing it up. <laughs> I would not be shocked if someone gives it to us on this, just at some point. <laughs> um. So it's Chris's twelfth birthday, and he's not supposed to have a party because his grades are bad. But that's what Mom said, and she's not home for four hours. So Robin, so Robin Williams gets a petting zoo. <laughs> because he can't get strippers. Correct. Two yeah. strippers. Right. He specifically asked for two. And he was like, no, no, better. I'll get you a couple goats. I'll get you goats <laughs> and chickens and a couple horses. Yeah, it's a wild thing. Um, I, I don't understand... They just show up with a van full of farm animals. Just let them out, like the San magic Francisco. school bus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the cop shows up later and is like, you know that it's illegal to have farm animals near your house in the city, which I don't think is true. I, I don't know if it's illegal, but it is inconvenient <laughs> to everyone around you. Oh my god. I wrote for this part, this dude is just trying to love his kids and she's a monster who doesn't want animals in their living room destroying and peeing and eating everything in their path. Yeah. I'm fully team animals peeing and eating in the living room. (laughs) Let them do what they want, you know? I think that Robin Williams has has too many animals. 
I think I would just be mad at like, there's like six horses. If you stopped at four, that would have been good. No, I, th- I don't think there's maybe enough. I, yeah, I will say like, why not a whole, what do you call a group of horses? Uh, 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 uh a school, a school of horses. <laughs> I a haggle. I don't, <laughs> a haggle. Uh, it's called horses. a Budweiser commercial of horses. <laughs> Correct. I why stop there? I say get get Noah's Ark this shit. I say get one. I of didn't everything. see any pigs. Yeah. Also, I, there are no twelve-year-olds at this party. Yeah, like it's kids. all little kids and a couple like way older kids like yeah. i saw one older kid like in the background jumping and i was like like my roommate and i were watching we we're like what an array of ages and none of them are like the age for his party it's like just all... like everyone come on down to the fucking steve uh, the school of horses that we have and then they evaporate <laughs> they all just disappear. Sally Fields is yeah, like, they... it's time for a marital dispute, and the kids are gone. First of all, can we just talk about that marital dispute? All three kids were just sitting on the stairs, and I was like, what kind of like discussion is this where the three kids are just silently on the stairs, and they're aware that they're on the stairs, and they just have this whole argument while the kids are just watching silently as they're like, she's pissed. Apart. <laughs> she doesn't go, they, go upstairs like, yeah, yeah. she doesn't like let's remove them from the situation she's just like no we're doing this now and i don't care if our kids <laughs> Look, are traumatized there's no pushing this back there was a goddamn horse in the living room talk eating, to me daniel <laughs> eating the fucking cake she so specifically she said get get and I was like, she yelled I at that goat on the way into the, into the house she said move out of my way <laughs> I was so, like, yeah. nice. <laughs> Sally Field is Miranda. She is an architect, interior designer. She is business lady. Yeah, she's the businesswoman. She's something she... with blueprints. It's like, I think well, she's the when, when James Bond shows up later, he is, he's bought an <laughs> old hotel. Was. I was yeah. like, who is this dude that is like really attractive yeah. that I don't like want him to be evil, but he's not. It's, uh, it's Pierce James Brosnan <laughs> as Stewart. <Stu>. Um <laughs> Oh, they play Jump Around at the party, which yes. I just like that song a lot. So Soundtrack is a strong point. So yeah, Miranda and Daniel, who is Robin Williams, have an argument, and Miranda subsequently is like, can't do this anymore. I want a divorce, which is very heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, and well, I forgot how immediately heavy this movie got. This movie is so <laughs> sad all the time. Well, and everyone's it, like, it remember the, with sad. Everyone's like, remember the funny drag movie? And it's like, <laughs> there like, no. is so much real <laughs> sadness happening constantly. Wrote, he, says, <laughs> he says, don't we love each other? And, and she, she doesn't. Says, she says, I want a divorce. And, and the like, kids are watching. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I wrote, I wrote uh, the breakup scene really had me feeling for him. When she said she doesn't love him anymore, it was heartbreaking. Something about seeing a grown man cry. I just want to hug him the entire movie. I just want to, like, it's okay. I just want to wrap <laughs> You're you up. You're doing your best. <laughs> You're doing your best. <laughs> so, uh, Miranda and Daniel get a divorce, and Daniel moves, uh, not moves in, but visits his brother, Frank, who's played by Harvey Feierstein. Love <laughs> And just Every time he showed up, I was like, I just want him to talk. I just like <laughs> his... Just all this old lady chain prostitute smokers. Yeah. He's Dressed strange. like Han Solo the first time. <laughs> it's true. Or Shrek. 
Disclaimer, it can also be Oh, we're be not Shrek. going over this again. Shrek's vest is too small. It's pretty close to Han Solo. It's this not. is the hill I will die on. Shrek's vest does not reach under his chest area. I feel like this is a debate I walked into that. It came up on an episode of, <laughs> well, now it'll be like five episodes ago. But uh, he's a makeup artist, which is a surprise tool that'll help us later. Um, shadow. There's, you know, sad court scene where Miranda gets sole custody temporarily. I know and... there was a horse in the house, but like full custody <laughs> yeah, immediately. That's a, much. that's a little much. There was a horse in the house and he doesn't have a job. I think they cared more about the not having a job part thing. But he also like just immediately left his job. Yeah. They were like, oh, well, you got a divorce, and you, so you don't have somewhere to live, and I just heard you got fired, like, two seconds ago. No kids. To be fair, though, I think maybe they talked about the fact that he's always in between jobs because he's an artist, yeah, and we that's... all know that's not a stable working environment. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure the judge was like, oh, God, an <laughs> actor, but what do you really do? And you're like, that's my job. <laughs> um A lot of these scenes just, against Sally Field and just the beginning of this movie, Robin looks like a child. Like, I don't know what it is. His demeanor. The sweater. He, the he sweater just looks like does. a very tall young boy. Yeah. I know, Lou, you're going to say, oh, like Jack, but not like Jack. I wasn't, but that's a good call. Good point. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Robin Jack. Williams did another movie called Jack. Where it's he was a movie like, where he's oh, a child, but yes. he has a disease where he yeah. ages into a 40-year-old man when he's eight. Yes. That's where that speech is from. Benjamin Button. I'm just kidding. It's not the movie, but I know what movie you're talking about. It's a weird one, man. I think I have the next movie for you guys. Oh, God. I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll give you choices. <laughs> um, so Robin goes to the court liaison and she's asking him what are his skills. And I'm guessing... He says, I do voices, and he just starts doing examples, and they <laughs> jump cut between each one. I'm guessing this was a full day of shooting. I want to yeah. see it. I want to <laughs> I wanna see it. Like, I'm sure there's eight hours of him doing things oh. that might not be acceptable, <laughs> but he's just oh, going, yeah. like, stopping being like, are the kids on set? No? Okay. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he hits a couple of jokes throughout, and I'm like, oh, man. Like, but that was his whole man. thing was he just like fucking i'm gonna rattle off a hundred of them and it can't all you be can choose i'll yeah. let yeah. you choose the hot dog joke's the best one though oh i had to pause the movie because i wasn't able to see through the tears running down my face uh. i do a great impression of a hot dog <laughs> for those of so, you listening i did an impression of a hot dog it's a joke that works great in an audio medium. Fantastic. <laughs> Imagine a hot dog. That. It's like that. It's like that. I wonder what, have you ever seen, have you ever watched movies like a movie you've seen a bunch of times and you're just messing around with the DVD and it has like the assistive audio for the people who are blind or can't see very well? Yes. I'm just wondering what it is for that scene. <gasps> okay. Like, do you I'll look see, at it. Do do. <laughs> Do you want to see my impression of a hot dog? Robin Williams pretends to be a hot dog. <laughs> well, that's like, I've so. always wondered about um, in a league of their own, what the captions are during uh, when they first meet Tom Hanks and he is just like peeing for a full minute. 
He is still peeing. It, yeah, it, and you're it, like, it he's trying to like, him and he keeps cutting back. Yeah. It might just be like, continues urinating. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like one of those. Um, so Dan gets a TV station job and Miranda reunites with an old college flame, Stu, played by Pierce Brosnan. Is this pre-James Bond or is it like in the middle of him being James Bond? I think this is right around, because he was that era James Bond. I know he was I'm nine fairly, years. Yeah. So I, I either we are right before it or we're in it. Um, um he got cast in nineteen ninety-four. So this uh, is, so this is right why. before. Uh my note for this part is she's in love with that dude and he obviously doesn't care about her drawings. Ugh, but that British accent though. <laughs> Just so we're aware of my thoughts during this. <laughs> yeah, he. I was really taken back by how long, young he looked. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, I'm used to this? one age of Pierce Brosnan. And it's right now. I was gonna say, yeah, I'm used to Mamma Mia and its sequel, Pierce Brosnan. Wow, I was glad I... he didn't sing. Yeah, he's uh, his singing. His singing is his singing. <laughs> respectful, respectful. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to get back together with Miranda, like go out for a drink and catch up. And she's like, please look at my designs for your $500 a night B&B. Also, I am divorced now. And, and also, like, wanna fuck? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I won't say no, but like, please don't ask me. But <laughs> like, I guess it's okay. But I remembered from watching this before, like, I thought he was way more of a villain. And maybe that yeah, was just the way I was watching it. not so bad when I yeah. thought he was a nice, like, we'll get to this, but when they have that talk at the bar, I was like, oh, here it is. Here, he's gonna yeah. tell me. And he was like, oh, I love kids. I was like, fuck you. Be <laughs> evil, because now I like you. <laughs> the only bad thing he says is like, the other guy's kind of a loser. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, you know what? You're kind of right in this context, <laughs> yeah. but fuck you. <laughs> I don't want to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we, they go to, the kids are at Dan's new apartment, and it's, it's a crap hole. It's <laughs> dirty, they're eating Chinese food, they're kind of suffering. Um, Robin Another Williams, fun romp. Yeah. Through marital <laughs> disputes. Robin Williams makes a joke about how he wants Miranda to get dysentery. Oh and my God. Natalie's like, what's dysentery? And she's just like, so cute. Like, when you get diarrhea forever. <laughs> and then you die. Why Diar do you want mom to die? Uh... <laughs> you want mom to get diarrhea forever? <laughs> it's just such a cringy moment. And then when he's like, no. And then the son is like, and then you die. She's yeah. like, wait, you want mom to die? And he's like, fuck, I fucked up. I, I fucked <laughs> uh, no, up. No, not exactly. No, 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 no. Head. This is um, the older daughter tells him that he's not even trying. Yeah, I was like that one hit. I was like, oh girl. This whole opening is very depressing, and like, in case you didn't know, they were planning on it was supposed to open right before COVID shut down, making a Broadway musical out of Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, and people, I'm sure it's people still really, en people really enjoyed it apparently, and like, were excited to see it. I cannot see how you can make any musical numbers out of this opening besides, like, the I Can Do Voices scene and the party. The rest is just such a bummer. Uh, some sad music. I think some... Yeah. I guess, like... Some you could do notes. it... Make it a lot shorter and set it all to just sad music. It's one montage. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And that's about all you can do. 
Yeah, it doesn't have to be one-to-one. Um, so Miranda comes by and tells Dan that she is getting a housekeeper, but he messes First of all, with- she doesn't come by. She bursts into the door. It's Let's true. just make that clear. She kicks the door down. She bursts in an hour early after dropping them off an hour late. Ugh. So, like, it's bad. Whatever. Um, and, yeah, she's saying she's going to get a housekeeper to watch the kids. And Dan messes with the phone number on the ad so that he's the only one who calls with his many, many voices. Uh. <laughs> I want to know how no one's picking up on this. You want to tell me Robin Williams has been living with this family for 14 years and nobody's yeah. there hearing all these voices on the phone <laughs> and the kids don't pick it up either when he shows up they're not like that's dad in a mask they're like they've definitely he's but, used that voice before they're like yeah it like you can still hear the bass of Robin Williams and if you're married to someone I can imagine you would like to get be fair though she said after a few years it didn't make her laugh anymore so maybe she didn't pay attention she just she tuned it out <laughs> It's just like, whatever. Um, also, I was kind of looking at this uh, whole movie through the lens of, is this problematic with trans stuff or is it just drag? And a lot of the times it's fine, I think. But like, there's a problematic joke with the nannies where it's like, I don't work with the males because I used to be one. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and My I was like, like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, that <exact>, oh, <laughs> I don't think it was meant as it comes. So I don't think back then it comes across like it does now. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was just supposed to be like a, like I can't even describe it because now it's just like, oh, that's really cringy. But I think back <laughs> then it was supposed to be like, ha, 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 ha. But now it's like, eh, yeah, it's, it's like some things age better and worse. And that one yeah. joke in particular didn't. It's not, yeah, no, no. I was more worried about it than it, it, it matriculated as. I was like, oh man, there's gonna be so much stuff that doesn't that doesn't age well. And it's like there's enough there's enough one-off jokes from Robin Williams to like fill a bingo card. But other than that, like the rest of it chugs along okay. There's also yeah. one major reaction that I was like, oh no, don't do that, and we'll get to it. <laughs> okay. So after that montage, he calls as Mrs. Doubtfire and gets the name from a newspaper article where it's like <laughs> police chief doubts fire. And I was like, that's good. He has to go to his brother and ask him to make him a woman. (sighs) I thought you'd never ask. (laughs) It's my favorite. Again, this is just like probably something that took two days to shoot just because Robin was riffing on everything. Yeah, he was using everything from Juilliard in one montage. It's wonderful. (laughs) There's at one point they start applying the prosthetics on him and he has a big like he he's like like a old Russian babushka type thing. <laughs> babushka. And, <laughs> and all three of them, uh Frank's boyfriend, all just start singing matchmaker. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> just perfectly. <laughs> and and then right after that, the wig he has on makes him look like Barbara Streisand. Good old so Bar- he looked, looked like Barbara Streisand. I was like, it it was Barbara. a little concerning. It was a little wild how much uh, how much he looked like her. And uh, then they decide to finally do face casting, which I know you have because we took the same class, Luke. But Amber, have you ever done a face cast before? I have not. 
I have done a hand cast. Sucks. (laughs) I'm assuming it sucks. Like, how long do you have to have that on your face? I don't remember. It was... (laughs) It was a solid 10 or 15 minutes, yeah. I feel like. Mm-mm. Kind of just have, like, straws in your nose and your mouth, and, like, just, it's just, like, heavy and wet, and everything <laughs> is dark, and you're mm. kind of just sitting there, and in my case, my class was, like, none of my friends, so oh. they're just, like, so-and-so's in charge of you, and I'm just, like, don't put them near me. It was I still good. have the mask <laughs> I used it to make, though. I don't know if I have that mask anymore. I don't even know if I have like the clay head thing because I had that in my closet for a while and every time I would walk by it, I'd just be like, that's my own face. I don't like that. I don't like that. I have it somewhere. I don't know where. Like it's definitely in a box. I'm going to open it. There's some pretty good foreshadowing when Mrs. Doubtfire shows up and mentions she's an expert in the Heimlich maneuver. Foreshadowing. <laughs> and so Miranda hires her because she has an impressive resume and she seems like she's going to be great with the kids. And everything is working well. And there was no internet to check it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, <laughs> there are no references, no, and it would be too expensive to call England and be like, hey, where's this random family? <laughs> After this, Dan goes home, and the court liaison is there. He is still dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire, and the court liaison is there. So he says Mrs. Doubtfire is his sister, and there's a whole wacky... Uh, changing back and forth shenanigans it's wonderful i really liked the cheese joke before we got to the montage was the cheese joke where she stepped on the rat trap and he was Mm. like oh Oh, if you you wanted some cheese cheese. you could have just asked (laughs) (laughs) my favorite is as he's changing he's just like making one pun about the body part he's focusing on (laughs) he's like trying to take a bra off and he's like i wanted to keep you abreast of my career choices (laughs) My favorite is when they get to the tea and he makes her tea and his face falls out the window because he yep. tries to get his face and then he hits his face out the window and then it gets run over and then he's like, oh fuck, I gotta get a face and he finds a cake and then he comes out with the cake and she's right there and he's like, you want some sugar? Oh, there you go. And the yep. face is just falling <laughs> And the tea go, want another one? Oh, oh, sure, there you go. <laughs> yeah, he smashes his face as Mrs. Doubtfire into a cake. And this is the iconic pops up, hello! Thing. <laughs> and uh, he claims it's like a sugar and vanilla exfoliating scrub or something. And it just keeps falling off his face into <laughs> Cordiazon's tea. And she's like, I'm like most unorthodox. This is bad. Well, uh, that's when... A- when There's he also- leaves, she she takes a little bit, puts it on her face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, wait, does it work? Uh, there's also two kids who are across the street <laughs> from Daniel's, and they're just pointing and laughing at him trying to change. <laughs> they don't do anything else. They just kind of stand Laugh. there and giggle. That's a thing. That's a thing kids would do. <laughs> and, <laughs> and in the credits, they're two real brothers. I didn't they did know. look like twins. They got the same last name as boy number one and boy number two. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, I was like, he's, Robin Williams is looking through the cabinets for something to put on his face. And at one point he opens a cabinet and just goes, Norman Bates. <laughs> <And it's, laughs> oh yeah. Cause it's because he doesn't have the face on. 
So he just has the wig and the dress. <laughs> the next day, cut to him at Miranda's, and he's somehow just atrocious at cooking. Like, I don't know how you can get to be an adult and be that bad at cooking. Yeah. I can't even tell what he's trying to make. I feel like maybe some spaghetti, maybe some rice. He maybe says some- hollandaise sauce at one point. Hmm. Well, he sets Doesn't himself on fire. Like yeah. yeah, he says hollandaise sauce right before he sets his breasts aflame. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he puts them out and... Orders like takeout. Like rubber. <laughs> yeah. He orders takeout, and then everything happens. Afterwards, Lydia apologizes for being rude to Mrs. Doubtfire, and it's very sweet. Very and sweet Mrs. Good. Doubtfire doesn't apologize for flawlessly throwing their TV remote into the fish tank without looking. That is true. Good aim. <laughs> Again, wonder how many takes that took. <laughs> um, there's a recurring character of... I just named him Flirty Bus Driver. It's an old bus driver who keeps looking at Mrs. Doubtfire, and every time she does something, he's like, hey, that's fine. He sees, like, the top of Robin Williams' thigh, and it's like, mm, Mediterranean. I dig it. <laughs> and it's just, it's weird, and, like, no one else yeah. is on that bus, I guess. It's just them, too. But he's, like, kind of respectful. He's, like, a little creepy, but he doesn't go any further. He's like, here's a weird a joke, and I'm gonna yeah. go a little farther, and she's like, okay, like, I'll, I'm not going to say anything. And then he, like, backs off. Yeah, he's I like, you're not he's responding. Like, Try okay. again tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> um, oh then there's another nice little montage. Of course, set to Dude Looks Like a Lady. Yeah. As it should be. Has this song been removed from the cultural canon completely? Because I don't think I've heard it in years. I don't know. I have okay. not heard it in a while. But it was it was welcome. It lives in that same vein with uh, the Randy Newman one about short people. Care to elaborate on that? Short people got oh. no reason to live. Okay, you guys are weirdly in sync with that. <laughs> Perfect elaboration. Thank you very much. I, I mean, I think the Randy Newman thing was satire on something. I mean, dude looks like a lady is definitely satire on something, too. Is it? <laughs> yeah. I think it's just it's saying dude looks like a lady. <laughs> yeah. That's not really satire. I feel like, to be fair, weren't rock stars, like, with the long hair and, like, the makeup and that's stuff? Point. So maybe it I wasn't, like... I think that's like, probably what that was. I think okay. it was, like, maybe, yeah, maybe, like, that. It wasn't so as offensive as it was, like, celebrate mm-hmm. uh, celebrating. I don't know. I wasn't. I don't a rock know star. many other words oh. except for "dude looks like a lady." <laughs> I heard something That's all about. I heard. <laughs> yeah, I heard something about like body like a Venus, but then a surprise or something. The surprise so, is a penis. Is penis. Yeah. yeah, we um, love a good penis surprise. <laughs> anyway, um, after <laughs> that fun little montage, Stuart and Miranda are apparently dating. At least he kisses her. And yeah, I. That's weird that they like talk about the date after but they've kissed like they've been on many dates and then it's like a surprise when they like go on a date for the first time i'm like confused about that well i think it's just because like old old flame old habits die hard mm, true he has you know a nice mercedes benz where that <laughs> mrs doubtfire takes the hood ornament off of and then <laughs> makes a compensation joke 
to him, yeah. which they're always good. <laughs> so good. A lot and, of those. And he's just like so nice about it. He's like, okay, you're old. I'll like, I'll give it to you. But he also probably thinks it's maybe a compliment. Like he's like, are you, are you asking about my penis size? And mm-hmm. maybe he doesn't know it's a, 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 a stab at him. You think he's a big dummy? Yeah, I think he's yep. a little bit of a big dummy. He's like a medium dummy. He's definitely got like he's not the smartest bulb in the box, but what what he's smart at, he's like used to his advantage. Yeah, <laughs> like his body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, diving, diving. He's an impeccable diver. <laughs> the form is incredible. Right before we get to that scene, though, this is the <laughs> big problematic reaction that I found out. Um, Chris walks into the bathroom when Mrs. Doubtfire is going to the bathroom, oh. and he sees her standing up, so he immediately is like, call the cops. And I'm call like, that's not what you do when someone is trans. That's bad, Chris. Don't do that. <laughs> to be fair, I, I will say, if I, like... If I thought this, like, was a nice old woman in the 90s, and then all of a sudden I was like, wait a second, it could be an imposter. It, I, maybe I wouldn't think about it as, like, a trans, but maybe just, like, this creepy-ass dude trying to be in our house pretending to be a woman. And, I, like, at, at his age and not knowing, like, maybe what trans True. is back in the day. Maybe he was like, call the cops because I don't know what's happening. Who's in but my in house this right day, Yeah, like, yeah. who's in my house? All right. But in this day and age, I'd be like, oh. That my gut, my gut was just like that one moment didn't age mine well. too. And then when he went, <laughs> he, he talked to them about it, and then he goes to hug him. He's like, I can't, I can't hug you right now. <laughs> and he goes, It's a dude thing. Oh, fair, fair respect. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I laughed so hard. I was like, Yeah, you just saw your dad's dick. I feel like yeah, maybe a little bit longer before you. I can't him. get over it. I <laughs> I, I want to know why it took them so long to get there because. I first noticed it in this scene where he was going to the bathroom, but then afterwards, there are so many times where Robin Williams is walking and he's just grabbing his dick. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. Old ladies do weird things sometimes. Like the soccer mom? Like grabbing their dicks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's no big deal. Uh, like in the soccer montage, when she's just like running as fast as she can with the soccer ball, I'm like, how do how do they not see that? Or is that after he tells them? No, I'm pretty sure that's before they tell them. Yeah, it's it's Place. the montage right before. Yeah, and I'm like, how do they not know then? Like she's pretty fast for an older lady, but who knows? Who knows? Dan is at his job at a TV station where he's just shipping out film reels and they're filming a boring science show with just mustache man playing with dinosaur action figures yeah apparently the show's been on for a long time (laughs) um but dan makes the network head laugh so he by telling him he wrote an awful show and who who's the dumbass that kept it on for this long Like, you have to be such a funny person and, like, a a good, like, genuine person to be able to insult someone to their face about their livelihood and then for them to be like, yeah, that was funny, what a job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The the older kids, I forgot to mention, know that Dan is Miss Delphire, but they made a a point not to tell Natalie because, like, she, yeah, (laughs) because she is a child, it will scar her for life. 
She sucks at keeping secrets. And she does have magic powers. She does have magic powers, so (laughs) we have to be careful about that. If if she found out about it too early, she would go from Matilda to Carrie like that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so he comes back. They're talking, Miranda and Mrs. Dalfire are talking about past relationships. Get the incredible joke about um, Mr. Doubtfire and how he passed away because he was quite <laughs> fond of the drink, the drink that killed him. She he said, got oh, run over by a Guinness out. truck. Uh, when I hold yeah. this cold meat, I'm reminded of Winston. <laughs> I lost it. When I hold this cold meat, I'm reminded of Winston. I was like, did he just, did he just say that? I had to like rewind it. It's great. Oh, it was wonderful. She's and like, then, oh, that's so sad. <laughs> so Sally Field is giving it her all in this for like playing someone who's incredibly oblivious, but you believe <laughs> that she would be. Uh, wonderful. They, they that's ha- a really nice moment there, right after the you got hit by a, a beer truck. Yeah, I think they're, like, connecting without knowing they're connecting. I think he yeah. knows they're connecting, but just, like, it's a wonderful, like, I, I I think I wrote about it. I was, like, they're counseling themselves right there. They're talking out their issues. And because she talks about him, right? She talks about yes. how when she used to love him at that point. And then um, she kind of, I think she's, like, reminiscing about their love. And he's, like, haha, bitch, you love me still. <laughs> you still love me. And then it's pool time. <laughs> they all go to their nice little uh, stews, nice little country club pool. Pierce Brosnan is hairier than I thought he would be. Yeah, I don't know. That's why. part of his thing. I, oh, yeah, but okay. I, I don't know. I just like he walked out with a shirt, and I was like, "Oh, it's everywhere." <laughs> <laughs> but then little Natty, really how it works. <laughs> but then when <laughs> he when he dove off the diving board, I was like, "Hmm, there's a lot less now." I'm guessing that's not him. Yeah, I did notice that. I was like, he looks a little different and too perfect. And little Natty goes, my daddy's stomach looks different than that. (laughs) 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 She's so savage the entire movie. (laughs) She's she's got that kid thing where like kids don't know what's good or bad to say yet so they're just like, here's what I'm thinking. When I was a child, I went up to a random woman. Anytime I would see like I, I'm saying this as a kind of plump woman myself, but anytime I said like saw a, a, a thicker woman, I'd be like, "Are you pregnant?" Like that Oof. was like my first thing as a small child was to be like, "Do you have a baby inside you? Or are you just fat?" <laughs> like I was an awful child. <laughs> that was just a little bit about me. Please don't judge me too. Hard. I've grown oh, through my ways now, and God has struck me down with a little bit of thickness myself to make up for it. So. You have to write a full iPhone notes apology for this. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Mrs. Dalfire obviously doesn't swim because that would be awful. Uh, I just well, it, it, would be, it. it would be Big Mama if they went for the swimming montage. That's actually exactly what I was thinking of. I was like, <laughs> wow, the fake body suit really evolved from Mrs. Dalfire being like completely plush to Big Mama where it looks like a person. <laughs> oh, love that. Love the and then devolved backwards into Norbit and Jack and Jill. <laughs> <laughs> but Norbit, it's not supposed to be like the character is not disguised as a woman. That's supposed to just be a woman. Norbit is a mess. 
Norbit is terrible. Norbit is a whole <laughs> terrible fucking mess. <laughs> and I say that as a full-on Eddie Murphy stan. Uh, you love him. Did you did you watch A Thousand Words? Not yet. Can't call yourself a stan then. <laughs> Fake stan. <laughs> that one's also very bad. <laughs> so this is kind of when Stu talks with a friend at a bar and he's like, I love the kids. The kids are great. Their real dad's kind of a loser. Yeah. But like, he could have been a fucking evil asshole, but instead he's like a genuine hot person. So you're like, well, what do I do now? Who do yeah. I have to hate in this movie? His only real... Myself. His only real crime is moving in a little too fast. Yeah. Like, that's... There's no ulterior motive. There's no, like, yes, I will only date her so she will make my building and then I will break her heart. He's like, I never used to like kids before her, but now they're growing on me and I absolutely love that little child over there. Look at me. I'm such a good person. <laughs> Fuck you. Sorry. That's, that's exactly little... what uh, Mrs. Delphire's reaction salty. is. <laughs> It pairs nicely with him getting out of the pool after his dive and going. His <laughs> <laughs> Delphire throws a lime at him to drive by fruiting. And he just goes, oh, okay. And he like walks away. He's just too good of a person. And like at this point, Dan doesn't care about the facade anymore. Like he goes, "What just, are you looking at?" Yeah, he's just playing Robin Williams voicing to anyone who's not part of like the immediate circle. <laughs> it's ballsy. It's balls. <laughs> um. Oh my so God. later that night, Danny walks past the set of the educational dinosaur action figure show. I guess that's what it's called. Yeah, that's and. Beautiful. I'd watch um, it. Yeah. He just, you know, it's Robin Williams and you put a thing of toys in front of him. He's going to start riffing. <laughs> it's like a, a whole other day of shooting for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, he we does a need... pretty good James Brown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is one that like never really comes out in his repertoire much. It's just yeah. for this. And Mr. Lundy just so happens to walk in and he's entertained. So he offers... Dan, a dinner meeting at Bridges. But uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Miranda's birthday is soon, and Stu's taking them all out to Bridges. Bridges? At the same time. Bridges? Bridges. Yeah, like, Bridges? That's the name they Bridges? went with? Bridges? <laughs> no, I was just being Robin Williams, asking over and over again if it was Bridges. <laughs> just like, Bridges? Yeah. <laughs> Bridges? Ugh. So it's time for some good old-fashioned shenanigans. Um, a weird side note, the hostess at Bridges looks like the AT&T commercial girl. Mm. I don't know why I saw that and I was like, oh, that's her. But it's totally not, because she's, like, not that old. Like, Well, she's a vampire. She's the a girl vampire. who was also, she did a spot on one of the seasons of... Um, her name's like Melania Vantriub or something. Oh, I don't know. Like she had a really big Twitter following and that ended up segueing her into film and TV roles. Um, what's that show with Minnie Moore? This Is Us? Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't think of it. How did you oh, not know This Is Us? I know, us. I love that show and I could not, that was blanking on the, it's hot in the car. Um, 
You have your car on and the exhaust is dead. We know, Luke. Luke. <laughs> Roll down oh. your windows. <laughs> There's no AC because the car isn't on. We love uh, that. But yeah, she did, if this is the same woman that I'm thinking of, then yeah, she did a spot on that show. I think she was in it, yeah. She dated Kevin for a little bit. She was a playwright. Uh, Kevin Bacon? <laughs> no. Oh, sorry. I don't really know Kevin this Pearson. is so well. <laughs> I recommend it. Okay, okay. Um, Danny has a couple of drinks with Mr. Lundy and has some good thoughts on children's television about talking yeah. to them, not down to Great. them. Similar to like the Sesame Street philosophy. Snaps, snaps, snaps. Big fan. Uh, this is, that is a speech that I have given parts of, for sure. <laughs> I was that. like, hell yeah, Robin. Fantastic. And this whole time <laughs> he's going back and forth, changing between Danny and Doubtfire, Danny and Doubtfire. He's doing great. He's doing great. Why didn't he inform Lydia and Chris what was going down? You know? Because they knew. That's they a good helped. point. Yeah, they, they really could have helped. Like, it would have avoided a lot of shenanigans but hmm. it's like i don't know so pierce brosnan does mention that he's allergic to pepper so he did say allergic okay yeah yes. he did he's allergic to pepper and so mrs doubtfire sneaks into the kitchen and dumps a bunch of cayenne pepper onto Which, his not spicy jambalaya how does he not see it when it comes out of the kitchen like it looked guess, like they cooked it some more I was going to say, oh, I think okay. or it was just stirred in really well. He had time to stir it, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, while, while he's having a meeting with Mr. Lundy, there's just a bunch of double scotches just constantly being ordered. So yeah. he's getting drunk. Hammered. Um, <laughs> you can see he, it every time he walks by. He like can't breathe. He's like, oh, God. All right, yeah. I can do this. <laughs> like every time. He falls like, at one point as doing- Mrs. Doubtfire. He ends up <laughs> wrong costume. So he walks over to Mr. Lundy and continues speaking as Danny while dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire. Mr. Lundy's like, what is this? And he's like, um... This is the host of the educational TV show, Mrs. Dampfire. He fucking rips his way through it. He's so good. He's um, like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of following you, kind of not following you right now. And so then he goes back to, or no, so then while this is happening, Pierce Brosnan uh, ends up choking on one piece of shrimp. <laughs> so he's allergic Sorry. to the pepper, but he chokes on it. Yeah, it's not what you think it's, it's going yeah. An allergic reaction. <laughs> You know. I feel like, no, I feel like you just didn't chew the shrimp. <laughs> no, he kind of just like popped it in and was like, all right, here I go. And I feel like if you were allergic to pepper, I feel like it'd be more than just like choking. I feel like you'd get like swollen. He'd have to go to the hospital after if he's that allergic to pepper. But no, he just like tried to inhale a fucking shrimp. And so. <laughs> Maybe if it doesn't touch my tongue, I will be okay. Perfect. That's what I think. Coming back from earlier, Mrs. Delphire is a Heimlich expert. Oh, she has to do the Heimlich maneuver on him. He le- when, when Dan leaves the last time before he gets caught, he says, I'll be right back. Or No, maybe it's when it's Matilda and the mom go to the bathroom. <laughs> and she says, she says, I'll be right back. And fucking Piers Brosnan goes. <laughs> Wait, what? He gives her your kisses. Did you guys see that? Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't, but like, okay, man. No. Super weird. Uh, he's a weird British guy. He's a weird rich guy. Like eccentric. Yeah, yeah. 
Maybe it's like a British thing. I didn't see that. But I will say it was before- <laughs> big. <laughs> it was big. Uh, before that, before um, he uh, he comes back as Mrs. Doubtfire, he comes back with lipstick and, and he's like, are you wearing mm-hmm. lipstick? And there's the whole thing where he's like, he like talks himself out of it before that even. He's like, yeah, there's a waitress here that uh that like can't keep her hands off me. And then they get along then and then he leaves to go find him a, a woman. And so I thought I forgot about that, and I thought he was going to come back and be like, "I'm the woman that that uh, he just told you about," or something. <laughs> I was thinking about that, but thankfully he could have that... done that. But no, no. Mrs. Dalfire gives him the Heimlich maneuver. There's so much force that like it makes the face mask peel off. This is the scene that oh. I turned it on for for the first time as a child, and I was just like, "What's <laughs> what? happening?" <laughs> There's a half-faced man. Um, so it's revealed, and of course, Miranda obviously freaks out because her monologue she's a mean there. Jerk. Yeah, her monologue there, though. <laughs> I'm like, girl, the commitment. She's having so many thoughts happen to her at that mm. moment. Like, the, I should go. I should go. I should go. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, the whole time. The whole time. The whole time. The whole time. <laughs> It's like every line was said three times in three different ways. I was like, that is acting. It is fantastic. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I do like how everybody who like freaks out about it or is put off by it isn't, uh, you're dressing as a woman, but they're just like, man, there's a better way to try to get close to your kids. Yeah. yeah. Like you're, you're, you're defiling a court order. Like the, the reason you're doing it while the heart is good isn't great they're not just like you why 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 wear dress yeah i was worried about that but i i think the fact that his brother um is in a relationship with a a guy in the movie Mm -hmm. i think is like a big step for back then so i was like really nervous about watching it again um because obviously i have like very liberal views about it so i was like oh no what are they gonna do but i think (laughs) they did and especially because it's robin williams i think that like they did a really great job at even being even respectful and, and moving forward even in that time. So I was like really happy. There is one point when uh, <laughs> although some things were a little <laughs> there is little one bad. point where it's referenced that um oh who did all your makeup and it's like Uncle Frank and Aunt Jack. Yeah. Made me laugh. Love that. Um it so there's another court scene. The judge calls drag a potentially harmful way of life, which sucks. Yeah. And that was once again awful. For a full year now, Miranda gets the um, custody. Custody. I couldn't think of the word for custody. Soul custody. Yeah, I was so mad. I was like, this bitch is really just sitting there watching it happen. You could see the the torture on her face, but she didn't say a word. She could have said something, and she just let it happen. I was like, you're a bitch, Miranda. (laughs) But it's... A good, a good thing to come out of it is Mrs. Dalfire is an educational TV smash hit. <laughs> her and her little monkey puppet named Coco. What was Perhaps. the monkey's name? I don't remember. I forgot <laughs> there was a monkey. Yeah. I think I was too pissed uh, off about the court scene to pay attention to that. The, I was writing a lot in my, the in my notes. The really, really dug in. Yeah. And I get it. Like, he didn't... Obviously, there's some, there's some wishy-washy legality here with you're not really supposed to pretend to be another person to break your court-ordered visitation he said, stuff. Self-evaluation. I'm gonna have you evaluated. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
But it, it, like you said, Connor, like there's there was a lot of your lifestyle you're doing. You got a weird life. Yeah. yeah. I don't want yeah. your kids to be exposed to it. That was, was a lot of stuff. Which very made me bad. happier when Sally Fields murdered that judge in the end of the movie. What? What? <laughs> we'll get it. We'll keep we'll get it. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. Um so yeah, the edu- we'll the educational TV show is a hit. It's number one in its time slot. They're about to be syndicated all over the country, which is great. Um there's, you know, still some deeply sad stuff where Miranda comes to visit him on set. How did she get in? Hmm. I'm Mrs. Doubtfire's ex wife. Yeah, I guess. It's, it's a local TV station. They don't have that much security. Yeah. Yeah. I um, will say that the judge's speech, I feel like, was looked at in a negative way. So I feel like mm-hmm. the movie did, like, he was saying that stuff, but it was in the context of it being negative, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's why I was like, don't say that. But also the movie <laughs> was like, no, we know, don't say that. I was right. just like, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> Bad Fuck man. Miranda. Sorry. And Miranda, after their discussion, is introducing their newest babysitter, housekeeper, whatever, and it's Danny. It's actually Danny. And they're reunited, and it's so sweet. And then it ends with, like, just nice reunited, and then the Mrs. Doubtfire show, she's reading a letter from a little girl whose parents are getting divorced. And it's just, like, an earnest and frank and sweet like yeah your well, family this, could that be was getting one of the bigger. biggest parts of this movie was that like stuff they weren't really handling divorce at this time and especially not as open as yeah this. i mean and they, didn't get, really they didn't div- get back together at the end of the movie either yeah, which that is, is like yeah. you think they might at the beginning and no this actually genuinely nice guy comes swooping in but they don't actually get back together which i think is right. like like you said like a huge and that's okay. part yeah, and they were like, and that's okay. You're still going to love each other. That speech gets me every time. Oh, it is a great cry. speech. Mm. But, it's like, it's kind of this, like, era of family movies, like, going to, like, divorced dad, trying real hard, and, like, trying to not get the wife back but be with the kid. Because, I don't know, the way you were describing it where it was like, this guy kind of seems like a jerk at first, but he's not that bad. They don't get back together in the end, goes through a physical transformation, and is really close with the kids. That's also the plot of the Santa Claus. Oh, oh that's, no. <laughs> that's true. Like, yeah, that's, you're, you're right. Yeah. But then, the, what, what year was the Santa Claus? Might be the year after this. Might be 94. Really? Oh, I thought it was, was further it? along. Yeah, I thought it I, was. Um, I thought it was later 90s. I think you're incorrect, sir. Oh, wait. No, 1994. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think before these movies then, it was always like they divorce, man works on himself and they get back together because mm-hmm. happy endings are the only way to go. But I think this movie maybe started that like, it's okay that they don't end up together again because family right. love is more important than like relationship love like you right. created this family and now that's more important than just the two people that created it now it's yeah. about the people after them and i think that that was like a great message that you always yeah. see about- we were talking about sesame street earlier um and how their philosophy on kids matches this a lot 
Mm. The, uh, what comes to mind is the infamous Snuffleupagus's parents yep. thing that didn't yeah. get to air. Yeah, Snuffy's parents get a divorce because the kids were, the kids who they test, uh, they showed the test screening to just, they were sad, man. Yeah. yeah. They couldn't get through it. Because, like, Snuffy's little sister blamed herself, and it was just like, oof. I've never seen it, but... I feel like that was a little it. bit too much for, like, younger kids. But I feel like kids the age that could watch Mrs. Doubtfire would, like, be more understanding. Plus, there's, like, mm. funny bits in there. So you're like, oh, it's Robin Williams. Yeah. And, like, that kind of just feels like Sesame Street being like, we taught him death. Let's teach him the other thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, that's all. Uh, do we have anything else for the analysis, or do we want to move on to the criteria? Oh, I think all. Oh, wait, Miranda was, definitely killed yeah. that judge. Do you think what? So? What is? Can we have Okay. Please. So she is like, "Here comes your new babysitter, and it's the dad." And the legality of that oh. <laughs> is very wishy-washy uh, because, because the judge has ordered. Yeah, the judge has ordered yeah. that he can't see the kids. Supervised visits only. The one Saturday, um, and they've made this arrangement that doesn't line up with that. Uh, and when they ask her, she just says, "I took care of it." <laughs> you know? and she can't, she can't revoke it because this isn't like she has the charges brought and she can pull them back. It's already been assessed and doled out, so she murdered him. I, uh, I, you know what? I'm on your side, Luke. I don't know. We talked about the two Ds in this story, divorce and death. Yeah. Divorce is okay. You'll get through it. And death, just let it happen. Death is okay as long as it's in the name of family. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. That goes right up there with the divorce thing. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that concludes I also wanted to note that uh, when Robin Williams' teeth fall out into his (laughs) cup in, in the restaurant, um, the, uh, he does uh, like a voice of the not having specifically the top front teeth. Yeah, and it's really good. It's yeah, really it's good. very convincing. This is, I mean, I it's it's what I did for my uh, high school production of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when I was Grandpa yeah. Joe. And you know what? Mean James Bond guy, hot guy, was like, "Let me get it out with my fucking fingers." He was like, "Let me just." He was like, "No, no, no, I got it." And then they like forked and spooned. He it switched together. over to his spoon. I know, but I'm I also just like saying he was nice hug. enough. You were, oh, oh yeah. Their little saved, bro handshake. He saves his life. It's a very awkward moment, <laughs> but he's just like, just a little handshake between the two. Like, thanks. Even though I know you put that fucking pepper in my food. But <laughs> we'll let it go, I guess. <laughs> I also can't imagine being another person in this restaurant. During this yeah, man. <laughs> that was something I couldn't stop thinking about. How do I react to this? Probably call as an extra, or... how do I not laugh? Like, in the yeah. movie, how do I be a person? But, like, mm-hmm. as an actor, like, how do I not <laughs> fucking lose it? But also cry. It's a confusing time. Just, like, call the waiter over and be like, hey, what the hell was all of that? What's happening? Is this they had normal? to probably half off everyone's food that day. Is this, like, a sleep no more thing? Is this, like, a murder mystery? What's going on? All right. So, uh, the criteria in which we compare the film to the pacifier, which we do every single episode. First off, how is the soundtrack? It's good. It's Late 80s, early 90s. The yeah, jams. Are, are we comparing it to the pacifier? 
You don't have to. You can if you want to. Okay, I was gonna. <laughs> if you've got a bunch of stuff, we can do that also. Okay, yeah. cool. Don't you worry. I have my little notes. Okay, <laughs> so for as far as soundtrack, um, I really liked the the music, like adding to the story. I thought the beautiful instrumental music added to it, and then you get the couple of like jump and um the other song that you talked about before oh dude mm. looks like a lady during like the parts where like he's him and being himself right we get dude looks like a lady during the montage of like when danny's just being danny but then like you get the instrumental for like the the heartfelt moments um that theme is classic yeah classic and then in the soundtrack for pacifier i was like rock and music it's more intense obviously um it keeps the heartbeat up um, but there is also some of that similar loving music when it comes to those like emotional things. Um, I said, we will rock you during the wrestling, the music with the hug. Yes. The kiss. I was in the feels at that point, but I guess I, I like the music in, in um, Mrs. Doubtfire. Cause it really aids the story as well as the music in the pacifier. I did some Venn diagrams. Nice. Right on. <laughs> um, what do you think, Luke? I dug it. Okay, um, nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing that you guys didn't already say. I like uh, the theme is a classic. I love I love it, and the the rock songs were good. Uh, next up, where does the main actor land on the Dieselometer? A ranking of Vin Diesel's various performances of based on like charm and ability. Robin Williams obviously is the lead actor in this, and. I mean, I think it's mostly because of the subject matter, but, like, it has to be the pacifier, right? Um, so I have a twofer. Uh, I was split in between the pacifier and the Iron Giant. Um, All right. <laughs> in <Okay>. terms of... <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, I just got what you said. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Uh, in terms of the growth of these characters, where the movie goes, obviously the pacifier is more of the traditional choice. It lines up with this very neatly. Um, but the Iron Giant is another one where you have some non-traditional family stuff and we're working through it. And we're getting to a place at the end where we're more okay with it. We're more sure of ourselves. And as far as the giant himself, he is also, he is doing a lot of growing up mm. and mm -hmm. finding his place. Yeah, man. Wait, I so like... which movies are we comparing again? Uh, this is just any Vin Diesel <laughs> performance oh, okay. uh, compared so to Rob Williams. Specifically, Shane Wolf and the Iron Giant from the Iron Giant um, are where I would place this, somewhere in between the two of them. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. It, it was a great explanation. It was very detailed and made sense. But the second you said that, my brain was just on a loop of Robin Williams going, I'm Superman, dearie. I'm <laughs> Superman, dearie. Okay, okay, okay. I get what's happening now. I will tell you my notes. And then I thought we were comparing like Robin Williams on the diesel meter. And my diesel meter was just comparing him to the pacifier. Um, and I don't know, for the charm and ability, I was like, I just want to hug him the entire movie. This is, he's so cute with his kids. Um, I like how Mrs. Doubtfire is learning how to be better and help out his wife and be with his kids like during that. Um, and then for the pacifier, I just wrote, I love a man who tells me what to do. 
Um, <laughs> and then I said, great job. He's becoming a real dad. Um, so I thought we were comparing like the two together, but if I guess if we're comparing Vin Diesel, the entire Mayer, pantheon of Vin Diesel okay. you have at your disposal. Okay. So I think a bit more than Fast and the Furious six, um, but a little less than the first Fast and the Furious. Okay. And I'll, I'll let that explain itself. All right. <laughs> I think it needs no further explanation. Yeah. If you're a true Vin Diesel fan like my mother is. Um, <laughs> she has a poster for each year of Vin Diesel's uh, acting career. Wow. Yeah. That's I don't awesome. talk to I don't talk that's... to my mom anymore and I don't know if that's one of the reasons but I do know <laughs> she has that <laughs> She's obsessed with two three things, Tasmanian Devil, Kenny Rogers, and Vin Diesel. She hmm. clearly has a type. Two of those kind of go together. <laughs> and then one kind of just sneaks in. Which one is that? <laughs> I'll let you figure that out. I'll leave that no it further stands for itself. That's <laughs> for itself. Um, next up, did I like this as a kid or would have I liked this? Would I have liked this as a kid? I can never get that wording right. Um, okay. I, yeah, I, the bits that I saw as a kid, I liked, even though the first time I saw it again was the Heimlich scene to the end. So I was just like, man, this <laughs> is supposed leg. to be funny, right? <laughs> this is so depressing. But yeah, it's good. I yeah. think what I say, hell I, yeah, man. Yeah. Was that it? Yeah. Yeah, that was the whole thought. <laughs> that was an easy one. <laughs> I'll let that stand for itself. <laughs> I think when I was a kid, I didn't understand what was happening. And I just knew that the first ever Robin Williams movie I watched was Flubber. So mm. I was just used to him like that. So then when I watched Mrs. Doubtfire, I just kind of focused on the Doubtfire parts and like him being funny and like one a family man and stuff. So when I was a kid, I was like, oh my God, I, I, I love this movie. It's so funny. But then as I grew up, I watched it a couple times throughout my long and miserable life. And each time I watched it, it got sadder because I understood what was happening. I think when I was a kid, I was like, oh, this is so funny. And then like seven years ago, I was like, wow, my life is so fucked up. This is depressing. Um, I still loved it because it was Robin, but I understood what was happening more clearly. So I appreciated it in a different way. I'm just kidding. I love my life, by the way. I'm just being self-deprecating because that's my sense of humor. Um, but no, I just learned to appreciate it in different ways. But when I was a kid, I absolutely loved it because I was so oblivious to the real world that I just saw Robin Williams with boobs and I was like, oh, that's so funny. I'm growing those. <laughs> that's, that's my two cents. I'll leave and, it. I'll let that stand for itself. And next up, what has the director gone on to do? Director Chris Columbus. We talked about him a little bit on our Gremlins episode because he wrote Gremlins. But, you know, he's gone on to do, I think, Homeland. Harry Potter. The Did first really? two Harry Potters. I'm, um, d I'm a fake fan. I didn't I think, even know that. I think Home Alone 2 was after this one, but Home Alone 1 was nice. before it. Imagine doing Mrs. Doubtfire, Harry Potter 1 and 2, and Home Alone 2. Like, you have to be a great director to, like... Well, but I can kind of see Home Alone 2 and Harry Potter a little bit. Like, I And then... He tried to do the Harry Potter thing again with the first Percy Jackson movie, which is a disaster. Disaster. Logan Lerman, hot as fuck. Great job. Other than that, ugh. I reread the 
first couple books at the beginning of the whole quarantine thing and then when the movie came on disney plus i was like is this as bad as i thought it was and it is yes um yes. second one's not much better either but he didn't direct that and his second most one? Oh my god his most recent film was the christmas chronicles where oh, kurt I, russell I is it. hot santa and goldie hawn is mrs claus and i think santa ends in jail at some point what it's a netflix thing from like 2017 I heard okay. good things. I heard I people like. liked it. I think they're making a sequel. I'll look. That's his next thing. Oh, you got me a hot Santa. Because yeah. the, the Netflix well does not run dry somehow. Listen, well, Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn, you got me. I'm there. I also would like to say that I am making sexual jokes about men, but I respect them. <laughs> I respect men. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> And all of their physical attributes. I'm just kidding. Nice. Nice. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> uh, next up, is there anything in the film as memorable as the Peter Panda dance from the pacifier? <laughs> uh, wait, I wrote this down. Hold on. <laughs> uh, Peter Panda. I said, and I quote, hmm, maybe the beautiful restaurant dance of switching back and forth. There you go. I think like just that little montage of him going back and forth and like the okay and him just like bumping into stuff it was kind of like we allude like just like the panda dance where it was alluded a little bit throughout the movie we got that a little bit of illusion from like the apartment scene and then like when he was like freaking out about doing it when he found out the same restaurant was happening Um, and then we finally got to see the dance in the restaurant Mm mm-hmm and so maybe, maybe that is some comparison, but I will say that the panda dance was pretty, pretty spectacular. <laughs> that works though. Yeah. I mean, so much of it. I, I say like pretty close to the whole thing. A lot of the Robin Williams riffing yeah. stays, mm-hmm. stays with you. For me, I just put hello. <laughs> just that. <laughs> like that's it. Just Hello. hello. The one, just the imagery of like he's got the cake everywhere and like that's when someone says Mrs. Doubtfire that's immediately what I think of. Wait okay so no no what is better than the Peter Panda dance is the lumps of face that fall into the tea. <laughs> like every time I see that I die. I rewinded it like three times just so I could watch the second lump fall into her tea and then her just like grab it and kind of put it on <laughs> her face like does it smear. work? That was wonderful. It's like me when I went inside Lush and they'd be like try her products and I'm like <laughs> What is this? What is this? <laughs> um, who would you consider the Brad Garrett slash Carol Kane insane side character of the film? I mean, I think you can guess by the just the amount of times I tried to bring them up. It's Harvey. It's Harvey Feierstein for me. Yeah, correct. Yeah, my brand, my Brad is Harvey, and and also the, the unsung Wait. hero of Harvey's boyfriend. Yeah. Does Underappreciated. He, he speaks so like well. a couple, yeah. Okay. I know he sings Matchmaker with them, but like... Yeah. I will say, also a great side character is the horse in the beginning. I think that he kind of takes the scene away. He drank when he's... a lot of water. Daryl yeah. the cake-eating horse? Yeah, like Daryl really stole the spotlight <laughs> a little bit. So he's a close second to me that's and, i'll let that speak for itself 
And How many times can I say that without that? Being I was going to say that might be the episode title. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> speaks we'll for let itself. The speak for itself. <laughs> um, and finally, is there anything as batshit insane as the Sound of Music subplot in the Pacifier, <laughs> which, in case you don't remember, is a two-scene subplot in which first they discover that one of the boys that Vin Diesel is watching, Seth, uh, has bleached his hair blonde and has a Nazi armband in his locker. Later, he's going into town for something, and Vin Diesel thinks it's a Nazi meeting, so he follows him. Turns out he's not really a Nazi. He's just playing Rolf in a community theater production of The Sound of Music. I completely forgot that was in the movie until I watched it, and I was like, Sound of Music, oh my god. I was like freaking out, and then Vin Diesel comes and he's like, I directed this. And I was like, you go, Vin Diesel. You beat that director. And he was like, it comes in so late. Like, they introduced the kids and Nazi with, like, 20 minutes left in the movie. Yeah, I paused it. I was like, how much it's fucking just... longer is this movie? It's it's insane. Like, they didn't need to tack that on, but someone was like, but please. But I'm glad they did. Oh, I'm so glad they did. I can't think of anything that insane. You know. So, this. Oh, you go first. Initially, I had the, the city zoo company. Um... But I, I am torn between that and the fact that Miranda murdered that judge. And I'll let that stand for itself. I'll let that speak for itself. Um, I, <laughs> on that note, I wrote again the lumps of face calling. <laughs> I don't Amber, what was your favorite part of this movie? <laughs> the, I can't the tell. <laughs> The lumps of face. I was just like, when I always forget that's part of the movie. <laughs> she goes, hello! <laughs> the fucking face. She goes, oh, you want another one? Okay. And it's, <laughs> there it goes. There it goes. <laughs> I just think that's so funny. It's not like insane crazy, but... His meteoric rise to public access television syndication is definitely something weird. That's true. <laughs> totally I think, valid. I think also maybe, yeah, him sitting at the table in Mrs. Doubtfire and being like, I'm the new host. He could have been like, I'm kidding, never mind. But then, like, mm-hmm. it happens. And you're like, really? Is that, like, I thought you wanted to be fun and, and sing some songs. But he does that. I also think the montage of the singing is funny. The matchmaker and then the, mm-hmm. that's, like, kind of wild. Yeah. That, like, break the fourth wall, like, this is just, we're making fun of people now. And then we it's over. And you're like, riffing. I kind of want more songs, but they only give you two. And finally, uh, the rankings for the film. Luke, do you have one? I gave this movie two pie face masks, a set of toy dinosaurs, and a monkey puppet mouth kiss. Um, <laughs> and uh, this is going to be a first for me. Um, this one is a, this is a little better than The Pacifier. All right. The movies are, they're pretty close. There's a lot of good family development stuff. Uh, But Robin Williams is unparalleled, man. There were so many points in this movie where he was on different parts of his riffing and he would do something that was just like right at the edge of the time he was in. And I was reminded of like, man, uh, there's so much stuff that I wish I could have his take on now. Very true. Um, I gave it six knockoff Looney Tunes out of seven, mm-hmm. and it is indeed better than The Pacifier. 
Also, Luke, I'd like to add that uh, you didn't have to add mouth to Puppet <laughs> Monkey Kiss. Oh, but it it definitely I think it stands for itself. It I'll definitely said something. <laughs> um, I give it three Nazi symbols, uh, two lumps of sugar, and a monkey mouth kiss as well. I think that that suffices. Um, and I definitely think it was better than the past fire. I should say definitely. I don't know why I said definitely like that. I think they're two different. I think they're both family movies, but one is like, well, I guess one deals with death and one deals with divorce. The two big D's that we're dealing mm. with in this episode. Um, Amber's dealing with three, three big D's. I'll let that stand for itself. But I think that, yeah, I don't know. I guess with how it was dealt with and, uh, like Luke said, that you cannot compare Robin Williams to anyone else. Um, I'm also biased because he's the reason why I act, and a lot of where I take my comedy from is him um, and Bo Burnham. In case you were uh, curious, and you didn't ask, but I told you anyway. Um, love Bo Burnham. I love him. Uh, yeah. All yeah, right. That was that it's, was, and uh, it's an almost blanket statement. Uh, I would say probably if we had toys on here, I don't know that I could make that one. I don't know that I could spin that one better than the pacifier. Wait, you would spin RV as better than the pacifier? Mm, maybe. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, Robin Williams is difficult. I don't. I don't like Nazis. I just wanted to give it. <laughs> I was just trying to be funny, and you didn't laugh. So I just want to say that I'm not into Nazis. I think they're pretty bad. Uh, really bad, honestly. Probably the worst things. So I don't condone Nazis. Right. Thank you. And we'll let that stand for itself. That has been our discussion on the 1993 film Mrs. Doubtfire starring Robin Williams. And now Amber has a film for us next week that she's going to give us clues and we're going to try to figure out. It is time for the coming attractions game. Okay. Okay. So um, animated uh, animals, yellow. A typical love story. Um, flying. Um, flying um, <laughs> The best movie of all time. Um, it's a movie about cheese. Cartoon cheese. Close. <laughs> I wouldn't call it like a cartoon. Uh, uh, so love story, yellow, flying, animal, insect. Uh, <laughs> classic, but not too classic. Um I, wow, I, I'm struggling with this one. <laughs> you said animated. Say... is usually the one who gets these. <laughs> yeah, and you said you said animated, and I was like, my wheelhouse, this is good. Okay, just, it's the best movie of all time. Um, it's not the social network. <laughs> you mean the Patriot? No. Mel Gibson's Close. Patriot? <laughs> Close, my favorite animated movie. Um, uh, okay, it's maybe not closely related, but Ants could be another clue. Um is it, it it's not a bug's life is it no 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 it's, oh, it's no. more it's more contemporary than that than a bug's is it life the ant bully no 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 it's not ants but like if they is could it, fly it's not animated no it is animated what is if oh, ants oh could my fly, god is uh is it's, jerry seinfeld yeah. in it possibly it's is is it b movie <laughs> yeah oh boy <laughs> I immediately, when I read that I could choose the movie, I was like, oh, the B movie. All right. Well, <laughs> on the I think Vin it's still Diesel on Netflix, meter. isn't it? 
I think so. It's probably somewhere. Or you can watch it... the fast version on YouTube if you want. <laughs> or it speeds up every time they say B. <laughs> I mean, I will be excited to have to finally have a Patrick Warburton movie to talk about on this podcast. Okay, well, Amber, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. I was ex- I'm excited. I don't know why I'm excited now. I was excited before. Uh, it was fun. I think that's what I meant to say. Um, and hopefully the world of men don't hate me for objectifying them. Um, and I, I just want to reiterate that I hate Nazis. So They are bad. Do you have anything you want to plug or anything? Or? Oh, um, yeah. You can take a look at my website. I'm an actor. Um, hopefully by the time this is aired, I can announce that I was signed to an agency uh, over the weekend. So it's pretty exciting. And then I have a podcast that's coming out with my friend called Trans Sister Radio. Um, it's a bunch of advice to questions you never asked. So it's advice you don't want to questions you didn't ask. So uh, look your, out for uh, that. Nice. Your theme music was by our last guest. Yes, right? and my theme music was by your last guest, Ian C. Weber. So oh, wow. look him up. We, uh, I, I wanted him to help out. He has great music, so also I'll plug him too. I don't know if he already did, but mm-hmm. check out his okay. music. And he wrote the, he actually wrote our theme music. So that's he'll be writing theme music for us. I don't know if it'll be ready by the time this episode airs or awesome. not. But he's great. So check out Transistor Radio. My website, theamberlevine.com um because i had to write the in front of it because a horseback rider had my website but she's not using the domain name so (laughs) i had to write the in front of it so it's not narcissistic i promise (laughs) all right and fuck nazis when when it's the week where this is coming out you will see all of those links put them up with the thing yes um be sure to also follow us on uh facebook or twitter at no highway pod and leave us a review on itunes or if any other podcast platform does yeah. reviews i don't think they do not right now but I think um, only a matter of time until we'll see but anyway thank you all for listening tune in next week for the b movie with very special guests that we will with some very special guests <laughs> and man i'm um it was a long it day. will be special and <laughs> for no highway option i've been connor and i've been luke and, and the- i've been amber <laughs> that's all right we still never tell people whether or not they can do that or not wait let's do it again <laughs> for no highway option i've been connor and i've been luke I was waiting for you that time. Okay, wait, wait. I thought that you were going to do it that time. Fuck. Okay, wait. One more time. I'll get it. And for No Highway Option, I've been Connor. And I've been Luke. And I've been Amber. And these have been all of our opinions. And if you did not agree with them, too bad, because it is our way. No Highway Option. Good enough. The theme music for No Highway Option is composed and performed by Ian C. Weber. The C stands for chocolate.
To hear more from Ian Weber, follow the link in the episode description. No Highway Option was co-created and co-hosted by Connor J. Burke and Luke Smith and produced by Connor.